You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Okay, need your help to begin with. You ready? Jesus is true. Satan is. Okay, let's try it again. Jesus is true. Satan is. Jesus is right. Satan is. Jesus is kind. Satan is. Let's try that one again. Jesus is kind. Satan is evil. Okay. <laughs> Going to have a church split today. <laughs> he's mean. No, he's evil. No, he's mean. No, he's evil. <laughs> You're all winners, guys. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what 2 Corinthians has to say. 2 Corinthians 11. I'm going to have you help with that at the end of the service also. 2 Corinthians 11. We'll start in verse 12. This is, this is Paul speaking, writing to the church at Corinth. But what I do, that I will do. That what I've been talking about, I'm going to continue to do what I've been talking about. And what he's, what he's saying is, I, I'm not going to charge churches when I come and I minister to them. And my decision to do that, not to charge, I'm going to continue to do that. That I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion. Explanation, people are looking for everything they can do to discredit Paul's ministry. He says, I am definitely not going to give them the ammunition that they want to say the guy, the guy shows up at churches and charges you astronomical amounts of money just to put them up and you know, do these little speaking engagements type things. Paul says, I'm not going to be put in that position. I'm not going to give them any ammunition against me that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. Here's basically what he's saying. It's not really even important to the message, but I know some of you intellectuals are thinking, what is, what is he saying? So Paul's rivals would like to boast of being an apostle of Christ just like Paul was an apostle of Christ. Now Paul says these are false apostles, deceitful workers. They're not apostles at all. But they wanted to boast that they were. But as long as Paul maintained this, pra this practice of not charging they could never put themselves in the same category as Paul unless, of course, they adopted his practice of preaching for free, which Paul knew, 
you're not going to do because false apostles only want to get into the apostleship for greedy purposes. Okay, so for such are false apostles, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. That sounds ridiculous. Why would somebody do that? And they're, they're getting up and they're preaching the Bible. No, 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 no marvel. Don't be surprised that there are people out there who are actually not who they say that they are. No marvel at all, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. But they'll all be exposed one day, whose end shall be according to their works. Heavenly Father, please bless the preaching of your word. Save all souls that are being deceived right now by the devil. Lord, please save every soul that is on their way to hell. We thank you, Father, for the two who were saved yesterday. And we ask that more would be saved today. Lord, is it not your will that your bride be completed? Is it not your will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance? So, Father, if we've found grace in your sight, and Lord, if you would grant us mercy, would you please use this poor and weak sinner? Lord, not because I am anything special, but because I remember the day you saved me. And you lifted the veil from my eyes, and Lord, I'm asking that you would do that again for somebody in here. And that we would all leave this place knowing Just a little bit more about your scripture. A little bit more about you. A little bit more about our adversary than when we came in. But certainly, Lord, do not let anybody leave just as they came. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, After I graduated college... I was hired at DeVry University as an admissions advisor. My older brother Abe was working there. How many of you have never met my older brother Abe? Never met him yet. He's going to be here in February, and you're going to meet him. And uh, definitely want you to see him. But my older brother Abe was also working there at the time. And uh, I showed up to work on my first day, and my day began with a coworker who was tenured there, and he was kind of giving me my training. And uh, the day started with him explaining who the management team was. So it started with my team manager. My team manager was named Callie. And then above her was the region manager, and her name was Alex. And then above her was the site manager, and her name was Kathy. And then there was the district president, whose name was Paul Weaver. So I had Callie, who was my manager. She reported to Alex. She reported to Kathy. And Kathy and all the other managers there reported to Paul Weaver. I met Callie just a little bit later. I met Alex a little later that day. I met Kathy a little later that day. I did not meet Paul Weaver at all that day, 
But within hours of my first day, I realized that even mentioning Paul's name was problematic. Nobody liked Paul Weaver. He's mean, said the lady who was next to me in, my, in, um, in the little uh, like area that I was learning in. He's mean. Another person said, he's, he's rough around the edges. Let's just put it that way. He's rough around the edges. Another person said, he's a jerk. <laughs> Another person said, I don't think I've ever seen that guy smile. Another person said, if he ever calls you into his office, bring a cardboard box with you. Another person said, if you see him, just put your head down and keep walking. Don't interact. Another person said, his conference meetings are the worst. By the middle of my first day at DeVry University, I was convinced that Paul Weaver was the worst human being on the face of the earth. My first day ended by being led to where my cubicle was going to be. So I was led to a desk that was at the end of a row of cubicles. And so, you know, if you can imagine a, a square of cubicles here, I was kind of in a, a back corner. And so I get led over there and I start setting up my desk. And as I finish setting up my desk, I turn to leave for the day and there's not cubicles next to me, there's a line of offices. And I look at the office right outside my cubicle and I read the plate on the door. <laughs> District President Paul Weaver. The light was off, but after all I heard about him, I fully expected him to still be in there, hanging in the dark from the ceiling like a bat, <laughs> sharpening an axe with his teeth, or sharpening his teeth with an axe, like one of those two things. So I like kind of barely looked in, nothing. Days went by without a sighting. But every time I was in my cubicle and I heard somebody walking down the aisle, it was Paul. It was Paul. I knew it was Paul. So I, kinda, I would kind of widen my gaze to just get a glimpse of this horrible human being that was going to slither into his office and plot the overthrow of all that was good and kind in this world. Expect to maybe get just a little glimpse of him like over his collar and him to go like, and then run into his office. It was never Paul. So I asked people, I was like, this seems to be the worst possible cubicle to be in. And, but I, I've, never, I've never seen the guy. Oh yeah, Paul is, Paul is rarely here. But when he's here, just watch out, okay? Steer clear. Yes, I will, five feet away from his office, thank you. Weeks go by, never, never see the guy. My brother and I, he worked in a different region. Um, so we met up for lunch one day. 
we're eating, when we're coming back from the cafeteria, the cafeteria was kind of the main spot. Um, my brother calls out to somebody, he's like, hey, and the guy's walking down, the guy's walking down the hallway, and he and my brother obviously know each other, I don't know him, we strike up a conversation, and very kind, very cordial, uh, questions about the day, how are you guys doing, you know, it's good to see you. It started with, are you twins? Are you twins? That's what it always starts with. And, you know, you do the usual joke, like, no, I'm much more handsome than he is, you know, and, and everything. At the end of the conversation, the man shook my hand. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hope you have a wonderful day. Walks away. My brother asks, do you know who that was? No. That was the district president. His name's Paul Weaver. And as the words leave my brother's lips, I turn to get one last glimpse of this man. And when I do, his, his shape melts into this form that resembles tar, and his eyes glowed red with hate. And he let out the most horrible laugh I've ever heard, and he disappeared into a thick cloud of black smoke. No, he just walked away like a normal person. And I remember asking my brother, wait, that was Paul Weaver? He said, yeah. That couldn't have been Paul Weaver. He, he, is, he is not, and my brother said, he's not what? I, I assure you, that was Paul Weaver. Well, he's not what I expected. My face-to-face -face interaction with him was not at all what people had warned me about. Now, maybe you say, did it turn out to be true? Was he the most horrible person in the world? And was just your first interaction with him that, and then your other reactions with, interactions with him were different? I don't know. I left after six months. It was a horrible job. <laughs> I tell you that story to ask this question. And by the way, I'm just going to say it right up, right up front. Given what I am preaching on and who I am preaching on today, just expect a lot of distractions. Here's why I tell that story, to ask you this question. What have you heard about the devil? What have you heard about him? What is the devil's reputation in this world? He's mean. He's wicked. He's a liar. He hates you and he hates your family. He's a murderer. What do you picture in your imagination? When I say picture the devil, what do you picture? Picture somebody with red skin, big horns, a goat's head, a long spiky tail, maybe carrying a pitchfork for some reason, pointed teeth like a viper, yellow eyes. How many of you picture Somebody with beautiful, glowing wings and a kind smile and gleaming eyes. How many of you picture somebody who, when he speaks, his voice is as smooth as butter and as sweet as honey? 
Because that's what the Bible just described him as in 2 Corinthians. We've all heard of the devil. His reputation precedes him. We have conjured up barbaric legends and horrifying depictions of the devil in order to instill fear in the hearts of our children and in the hearts of mankind. And that is why when many of you actually come face to face with him, you have no clue who you're dealing with. Now, I beg you to listen to me. I'm a kid and I know it. You're a guest and a visitor and you're thinking, is this the pastor's child? <laughs> I don't know much, but I have striven to know this book. And I have endeavored to know our enemy. And I am, and I am daily confronted with what he does to people. You will listen if you wish. Here's what I'll say. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. If somebody were to come up to you after you spoke to the devil and ask, do you know who you were just talking to? Many of you would say no. That was the devil you were just talking to. And many of you would look back and say, wait. That was the devil? Couldn't have been. Who I just talked to is nothing like what I've heard about him. Many people come face to face with him without ever realizing it because the devil is not what many people are expecting. And that is not God's fault. My friend, it's yours. Because the Bible gives clear descriptions of him. Now, let me be clear. Would you say that is the devil not our enemy? Let me be clear from the beginning. The devil is not your friend. He is a murderer. He does hate you. He is the father of lies. And he does hate your family but he does not come across that way when you first meet him. If he came across that way right away, nobody would listen to him. But people listen to him because when the devil actually comes in front of them, he looks and he sounds nothing like what many people think he looks and sounds like. This is another message, but the reason people Except the devil is the same reason people reject the Savior. Because neither of them are who they think they should be. When the Savior came, man said, we reject you because you are not what we're expecting. And when the devil comes likewise, many people say, we accept you. Because the devil is not what they were expecting. By the end of this message, I want you to have a better grasp of who he is. 
a stronger, a stronger biblical understanding of our adversary. If you want to put a title to the message, it would be, wait, that was the devil? Alternative message title. Who is the devil? Who is the devil? Maybe you say, Pastor, you're supposed to preach Jesus. I'll get there. You're supposed to preach Jesus, and you're preaching the complete opposite. No. I'm actually preaching very close to Jesus. And I'll explain that as we go. Who is the devil? Number one, he is much nicer than you think. He is much nicer than you think. When he appeared to Eve in the garden, he did not yell at her and scream profanities. Eat that fruit or I'll shove it down your face. He carried on a kind and cordial conversation as a friend would talk to a friend. He approached her in a way that made him even seem ignorant and in some way in need of her help. Yea, hath God said, Thou shalt not eat of every tree of the garden? I'm sorry, I, I, I'm just a little bit confused. What did he say again? Did, didn't he say you can't eat of any of the trees? No, he said we couldn't eat of that one in the middle. If we eat of that one in the middle, we shall surely die. Oh, that's, what, that's what it was. I'm, I'm sorry. But you do know you won't surely die, right? Calm, kind, respectful, not pushy, even, an, even somewhat timid. Hey, can you help me? Is this what God said to you? Do you know the Bible word that God uses to describe the conversation between Satan and Eve? Here's the Bible word. Satan beguiled Eve. That's the Bible word. You know what that word beguile means? Charm. Who is the devil? Oh, he's mean and he's wicked and he's horrible and he's, he's the manifestation of all that is evil. Yes, he is all of those things, but the Bible says he's also very charming. The devil's tongue can certainly cut and burn. It can also stroke and it can soothe. The devil's eyes can certainly pierce. They can also gleam. The devil's teeth can certainly bite. They can also smile. The devil's voice can certainly scream. He can also whisper and sing songs that soothe your spirit. The devil's mind can certainly achieve horrible atrocities, but it can also conceive wonderful niceties. He knows exactly what to say to appeal to your pride. He knows exactly what to say to soothe your flesh. Eve, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he seemed very kind. He seemed to have my best interest in mind. He said he wanted my eyes to be opened. And he said he wanted me to be a goddess. 
very kind to me. Eve, that was the devil. Wait, that was the devil? It couldn't be. He was so kind to me. Sir, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he seemed very kind. He seemed to have my best interests in mind. He said that he understands my doubts about the Bible. He says that he wants for me to be able to live my own life. He says that putting work before church is understandable in today's society. He said that my lust and my wandering eye and my covetousness and all these things that I just kind of keep in the privacy of my mind, he says all of that is reasonable and understandable as a man. Ma'am, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he seemed very kind. He seemed to have my best interest in mind. He said that to submitting to a husband is degrading to me as a woman and that uh, he wants me to be treated fairly. He said that it's my body. Therefore, it's my choice. He said that I deserve pleasure and I deserve attention as a beautiful creature in this world and I should get that pleasure and attention from whoever I wish. Young person, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he seemed very kind. He told me there are things that I know more than my parents. He said that I am much smarter than adults make out for me to be and therefore I should be able to make my own decisions. He said that he will give to me now what my mom and dad and my pastor keep on saying I need to wait for. He says he'll give it to me now. He's very kind to me. Young person, ma'am, sir, that's the devil that you're talking to. Wait, that was the devil? That can't be the devil. The devil's mean. He was kind. The devil is much nicer than you think. For every one person that the devil drags into hell by their feet, there are thousands more that he walks into hell hand in hand. For every life that the devil ruins with a snarl, he ruins thousands more with a smile. He's much nicer than you think. He is far more generous than you think. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16, would you? Turn with me to Luke 16. Luke 16. You're in 2 Corinthians, so you're going to go this way. You're going to go back toward the beginning. Back toward the beginning. If you go to the New Testament, you'll find Matthew, the first book of Matthew, then Mark, and then Luke. In Luke chapter 16. Listen to the story that Jesus tells. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. You know what that means? He wore the most expensive color chose the most expensive material, and ate the most expensive food day after day after day. 
And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell... He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Hell is too late for mercy, my friend. And even if it wasn't, Abraham isn't the giver of mercy. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. Here's my question. Who did he receive those good things from? And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. The Bible calls Satan the God of this world. You read another portion of scripture and you see that Satan possesses all the kingdoms of the world and the riches therein. He is a wealthy being. And he will happily enrich your life if it means he can condemn your soul. He will happily He did not take this man to hell by making him poor. He took this man to hell by making him rich. The devil did not take this man to hell by making his life miserable. He took this man to hell by making his life comfortable. Because the devil knows it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Is that because God doesn't want rich people? Most of the time it's because rich people don't want God. Because rich people don't think that they need God. How hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? You know why? Because if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, you can't trust in anything else. You have to trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. So the devil knows if I can make them rich, I'm only harming their chances. Friend, do you know who you were just talking to? Whoever he was, he was quite generous. He said he'd give me that promotion. I'd need to miss church a little bit more, but he's going to give me that promotion. He said he's going to give me my dream position in my dream area. There's no church in the area, but it's my dream position in my dream area. I've always wanted to do it, and I've always wanted to do it there. And he said he's going to make it happen. He said that he'd give me free education through my work. I don't even have to pay for it. Now, I'm going to completely have to neglect my family time, but he's going to give me free education. And with more education, I make more money. He said that he'd give me more opportunity for overtime. Now that means, Pastor, I can't come out on Saturdays and I'm going to miss a little bit of my devotional time, but I need this overtime and I'll be able to save up for that dream vacation. And I've always wanted to be able to do that. My friend, that's the devil that you're talking to. God never gives. God never gives what takes you away from God. 
Ananias and Sapphira, do you know who you were just talking to? Whoever he was, he was very generous. He gave us more than we ever expected to get from the sale of our property. And he said, we can keep the extra. And Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Ananias, that was Satan you were talking to. Wait, that was Satan? It can't be. Satan is a taker. He's not a giver. The devil is far more generous than you think. If you could ask people in hell today to describe the devil, some of them would say he's the most ferocious being I've ever met. Many of them would say nobody was more generous to me than he. There was a young, sweet pastor's daughter, sang in church, enjoyed singing in church, beautiful voice, beautiful young lady. Started hanging around with the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things. Performed a ceremony. And Satan himself appeared to her and said, young lady, I will make you more famous than you could ever imagine. By her own testimony, that pastor's daughter agreed. Her name is Katy Perry. Pastor's daughter. Who has openly said, I have sold my soul to the devil. But he promised me he would give me more Twitter followers than any other person. And within the first year of her fame, she had more Twitter followers than anybody else. He is far more generous than you think. Who is the devil? He knows his Bible. I misspoke. He knows the Bible. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Three times our Lord was tempted by that serpent, and the Lord combated it each time with the words, It is written. But right in the middle of it, Satan joined in. It was the devil that said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. He shall give the angels charge over thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. A perfect quotation of Psalm 91, 11 and 12, word for word. Hey, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he knew the Bible. He said, it is written, Jesus turned water into wine, and that means I can drink alcohol. He said, it is written, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. And that means if I'm gay, I was born this way because God makes no mistakes. Now, if I'm a man and I want to be a woman, I have every right to do that because God made a mistake. He 
He said, he said, it is written, as a man purposeth in his heart, so let him give. That means if I don't want to give, I don't need to give. You know what, friend? I say if you don't give cheerfully, if you would give grudgingly, keep it. Keep it. God loves a cheerful giver. But after all he's done for you, you won't give. The tithe is the Lord's, we say. Well, well tithing's Old Testament. Well, you know what New Testament teaches? Everything is the Lord's. Everything is the Lord's. We are in New Testament giving now. Tithing is a good place to start. It's a bad place to stop. He said, it is written, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. That means when I'm done with my spouse, I'm done. He said, it is written, ye are not under the law, but ye are under grace. That means I can do whatever I want. I have a license. Still going to heaven. He said, it is written, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And that teaches that Jesus is not enough for salvation. It requires works as well. I must be baptized in order to go to heaven. That is what the Bible says. The Bible also says Judas went out and hanged himself. The Bible also says, go and do thou likewise. The Bible also says, what thou doest, do quickly. You can get the Bible to say whatever you want it to say if you take something out of context. And the devil knows the Bible. He doesn't know context. Friend, that was the devil you're talking to. No, he was quoting scripture. The devil knows the Bible, friend, I dare say, a lot better than you do. And a lot better than I do. And all of his false preachers know it also. Who is the devil? He's much nicer than you think. He's far more generous than you think. He knows the Bible, and he fears the Lord. James 2.19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The book of Job shows us that when God calls a heavenly meeting, Satan says, yes, sir. And he shows up. When God asks him a question, he answers fully and truthfully. The book of Job also shows us that when God draws a line, Satan doesn't cross it. Why does that matter? Why does it matter that the devil fears the Lord? Tell me, religious friend, do you know who you were just talking to? Well, whoever he was, he respects God. And he says he wants to help me worship him. And he wants to help me inherit eternal life. He said that the way to obtain eternal life is by doing good works and by giving to charity and by performing the sacraments and by being baptized and by taking communion and by confessing to a priest or making a pilgrimage to a holy site or even strapping a bomb to my chest and taking out as many infidels as I can in the process. He told me 
And I can tell he respects God. He told me that is the way to please the one that we both fear. My friend, that's the devil you're talking to. Wait, that was the devil? Can't be. He, he feared the Lord. He believed in God. I can't be the devil. The devil believes and fears God more than the vast majority of humanity. Do you realize this world is filled with people that claim to be atheists and the devil would never be so foolish? He fears the Lord. How many times do you read in your Bible when not God? Oh, no, excuse me. Yes, yes, excuse me. I was thinking of a later time in Acts when Jesus appears before devils and they tremble in fear and say, why are you here to torment us before the time? Please send us not into the deep. Send us into the swine. They fear the Lord. Number five, who is the devil? He is waiting for the day to destroy you. He is waiting for the day to devour you. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. His desire is to watch you burn in hell forever and ever. If he can't take you to hell, he will bring hell to you. That is his desire. But this whole message has been to teach you. His design often hides his desire. He wants to devour. Before he devours, he smiles. He wants to roar. Before he roars, he purrs. He wants to torment. Before he torments, he comforts. He wants to give you misery. Before he gives you misery, he'll give you pleasure. He wants to destroy Scripture. Before he destroys Scripture, he quotes Scripture. He wants to collect on the wages of your sin. Before he collects the wages, he'll lend on credit. He wants to bind you. Before he binds you, he will free you from the restraints of the law. He wants to kill you. Before he kills you, he'll help you live it up. He wants to lead you to hell. And in order to lead you to hell, he will make the gate wide. And he will make the way broad. And he'll light it up with all the gleam and glamour and gold and silver that he has at his employ. He will make the way seem right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. And he is so clever in his schemes, so wise to your personality. He will match his attacks so perfectly to who you are that when he walks away, many of you would say, wait, that was the devil? I would have sworn that was an angel of light. 
So then how are we supposed to tell the difference between the, Satan, between the devil and the Lord? How are we supposed to tell the difference between right and wrong when wrong can so cleverly disguise itself as right? What are we supposed to do? After I left DeVry University, I went to work at a bank. And I became a bank teller. And in the training, one of the first things that they taught us about was counterfeit bills. Some of you are putting stuff away. I, I will start over. <laughs> Don't you get distracted. They taught us about counterfeit bills, Brother Landon. And they had a binder filled with counterfeit bills, and they said, there are counterfeit bills out there, and here are some of the, here are some of the designs that they use. Here are some of the tactics that they use. But then you know what they did? They got us in contact with real money as much as possible. We did not study the counterfeits. We studied true bills. And within a short amount of time, I could be counting through and feel a counterfeit. I still can to this day. We don't need all of those little markers. Tellers don't need the markers. They don't need the little ultraviolet lights. and everything. We don't need that. We feel it. Because we have become so exposed to what is real and what is true. You're in training here today, and I'm telling you, there is a devil out there. And here are some of his tactics. Here are some of his designs. Here are some of his devices. He's much nicer than you think. He's much more generous than you think. He knows the Bible, and he fears the Lord. So now what do we do? Well, for the next year, we're going to study Satan. No. Get to know what is true. Get to know what is right. Bathe yourself in what is pure. And in a short amount of time, you'll be able to feel. You know, preacher, I just watched somebody preaching on TV and something about it didn't seem right. Somebody came and knocked on my door and was talking to me about something, and something about it didn't seem right to me. Something about that doesn't feel right. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the truth is, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only Savior of the world. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the one who came down. Jesus is the one who lived a sinless life among sinners. Jesus was the one who was rejected of his very own creation. Jesus was the one who was falsely accused. Jesus was the one who opened not his mouth as a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus was the one who was led to the cross. Jesus was the one who was whipped and scourged 
judged to the point where you can no longer recognize him as a man. Jesus was the one who hung on a cross naked for six hours for my sin. Jesus was the one who was taken down and put in a borrowed tomb that was carved by his own making at the creation of the world. Jesus was the one who rose again in power three days and three nights later. Jesus is the one who arose in victory and sits at the right hand of the Father. Why? To make constant intercession for me. And Jesus is the one who invites you to be saved today. That is the truth. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the truth. But the truth also is for every real thing that God produces, Satan produces a counterfeit. And you need to understand me. You do not get people to, con you do not convince people. You do not get people to buy into your counterfeit by looking complete opposite of what you're trying to imitate. You make people buy into your counterfeit by looking as much like the real thing as you can. Jesus is the light of the world. Satan's not going to get very far by coming up to you as a demon of darkness. He's going to come up to you as an angel of light. I want to read you an email that I received as I was writing this message. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. We are a growing worldwide religious organization, and most of our activities and initiatives are member-led. We have many groups and resources for you to explore to familiarize yourself with our organization and community. We have congregations worldwide, and more groups are working toward building new congregations all the time. Becoming a part of a local congregation is the best way to meet others in our group and get involved in events and activities. Every congregation has its own application process. Follow this link in order to join a congregation in your area. We are always accepting new members. Our campaigns are a great way to get involved with us if you are interested in volunteering to further our mission of fighting for the separation of church and state, religious freedom in the public sector, and the recognition of our religious rights. You can scroll through our campaign page to find one that you would like to contribute to and reach out to us using the contact information provided below. Here are some small groups that you can join depending on your age and life, uh, life experience. Our ministry provides religious support for our community throughout various activities, such as weekly religious services and online education through our Scholars Program, providing community support wherever we can. You can learn more about what it means to be an ordained minister here. We provide services for our members through campaigns, congregations, and other initiatives. Click this link for a convenient summary of member services that we provide. Many of our congregations, campaigns, alliances, and other groups have their own social media presences. You can browse a list of social media accounts here. Whether you are just starting your journey with us or are a long-standing member, we are always looking for new ways to get you involved. The Help Center will guide you to, ans to answers for many common questions about us. The Satanic Temple.
Did that sound like the satanic temple to you? Jesus is kind. Satan is? Satan is kind. Jesus is right. Satan is? No. No, no, no. Jesus is right. Satan is almost right. Jesus is true. Satan is? Almost true. And the only escape of the devil's power and influence over you, you have to find someone stronger than he is. And you know, there was a man a long time ago who said, if you're going to go into a strong man's house, you must first bind the strong man. And the strong man's being bound that must mean that the kingdom of heaven has come to you. As powerful as Satan is, he collapses at the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I do not care how powerful he is, and he is very powerful, and toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I would never match him. But the devil that stands before me cannot match the Savior that stands behind me. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you like a scared little kitty cat. Give place to the devil, and you will be destroyed. And many people give place to, them, to him because he's not what they expected. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.